Did you know that nearly 76 million tourists visited Orlando, Florida in 2019? It was a record-breaking year for the area. Welcome to the Lore of the South. Hey y'all, welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. We're moving headlong into spooky season. Fall is here. Well, as fall as it can be for Florida. We had a morning low of 59 degrees this past week, and it was glorious. Here's to more of that and less of these 100 degree and 99% humidity days. Anyone doing any Halloween kind of crafts or decorating yet? I've made a wreath, planning on making some t-shirts, um, maybe a couple more tombstones for our spooky Halloween graveyard that we do every year. And we even bought a candle making kit, so we'll see if we get into that or not. We just got home for Halloween Horror Nights 30, the 30th anniversary of the event, and we did our first ever RIP tour. What that is is a guided tour through Halloween Horror Nights. It starts with a welcome buffet, a private cash bar, then your guide, ours was Vincent, he was awesome, will take you through all of the scare zones throughout the park to the entrance of every haunted house, that means absolutely no wait times. The guide makes sure you get premium seating at the two shows that are going on, all the while telling you all the details, backstories, and bits of trivia about the event. We had a great time, even though we spent our tour in a Florida thunderstorm. I had mentioned posting pics from the event, but with the rain, I didn't get many. But if y'all like, I'll post what I got. So in honor of the 30th birthday of Halloween Horror Nights, I've chosen to dedicate this episode to the hauntings that occur at theme parks. Welcome to episode 26, 999 ghosts and your granny might be one. We're going to call this a field trip episode and venture outside the south and start way out west in California. Who better to start with than the man himself, Walt Disney? Walt passed away December 15, 1966 a mere 11 years after his first park, Disneyland, was opened. Walt, wanting to be able to oversee the goings-on in the park, had a private apartment constructed while the park was being built. The small 500-square-foot in-park residence is located above the fire station on Main Street. Guests and cast members alike would all know when Walt was staying parkside but the lamp that they could see burning in his office window. Not long after his passing, a cast member who was looking after the apartment went up to turn the light out at closing time. They went up, turned the light out, went downstairs and out the door, looked up, and the light was back on. I'm sure with a shake of the head, she went back upstairs, this time unplugging the lamp. She goes to try to leave for a second time. Yep, you guessed it, the light was back on. So she made a third attempt to put the light out, though this time she was greeted with a deep, disembodied, whispering voice. I'm still here. Legend has it that ever since then, the lamp has been left on in Walt's old office as a tribute to the man who made dreams come true. On to the darker side of Disneyland. In the early 70s, a pair of brothers who hid out on the Tom Sawyer's Island, an attraction that is rarely open these days, until after the park closed. The two apparently wanted a private plane land to themselves. 
Once they were sure the coast was clear, they attempted to make the swim across the rivers of America back into frontier land. The older brother tried to carry his little brother across on his back, but quickly grew tired, inhaled water, and drowned. The younger brother survived, making it ashore by doggy paddling, where he was fined by opening cast members the next morning. Today, guests and cast members alike sometimes spot a boy across the rivers of America making ripples in the water with his ghostly fingertips. Over at the Matterhorn, a guest somehow fell from her bobsled and was struck by a passing sled and killed. Cast members report feelings of being watched as they walk the tracks at the end of the day. They especially have this feeling around the spot known as Dolly's Dip, named by cast members after the woman who died on the ride. Also in the early 70s, a young cast member working at the American Sings attraction, which closed in 1988, was caught in between the rotating walls and crushed to death. She is now thought of as a guardian spirit, for if her spirit spies anyone she fears might be in danger, she is heard to say, be careful. Could she still be there watching over all those who came after her? In the very early days of Disneyland, a young man tried to sneak into the park. He climbed over a fence and then scaled the monorail track, where he was struck and killed. People claim to see a vapor-like human form along the tracks at night that disappears just as a tram passes it by. On to the Pirates of the Caribbean. When Pirates first opened in Disneyland back in 1967, the Imagineers worried that any prop skeletons that they might make wouldn't look authentic enough. So what did they do? They went and bought up a huge selection of real skeletons from the UCLA Medical College. They say they were all eventually swapped out for props. Or were they? <laughs> this little tidbit of information is something I learned a while back, and I was kind of shocked by it. I guess because I'd never really thought about it before, and it has to do with the Haunted Mansion. Both the California and the Florida locations are popular spots for people to sprinkle their dead loved one's ashes, which is illegal and prohibited by the parks. If you were caught, they will escort you out. So consider yourself warned, y'all. In fact, it happens so often that the cast members have a code word for it, which is HEPA as in the kind of filtered vacuum they use to hoover up your loved one's remains. With all of the sprinkling of people dust, is it any wonder that the Haunted Mansion might be home to more than just the 999 ghosts that Walt Disney planned for? One reported haunting is that of a little boy calling for his mother at the end of the ride, where she had supposedly scattered his ashes. Another is that of an older woman who was rumored to have died of fright during the testing of the ride back in the 60s. Both of these occurring in Disneyland. I only found one extra ghost in the Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion, and he was spotted in the last 10 years. A tourist snapped a photo of a doom buggy in front of her and captured what appeared to be the face of a child peering around the side of the car, looking at her. The witness went on to say they didn't see any children in the ride queue before they had boarded. Our last Disney World haunting is that of George. He was killed in a construction accident while working on the fire scene in the Pirates of the Caribbean boat ride. Each morning, when cast members arrive at the attraction, they greet George by name and tell him good morning. 
If they don't, the ride is bound to be plagued with technical issues throughout the day. If anyone on the ride dares to mutter that they don't believe in George, the ride is also bound to break down for an extended period of time. There have also been reports of phone calls coming from an empty control booth, and at the end of the day, when it's time to close up the ride, cast members take a second to tell old George goodnight so that he will ensure that they have a good tomorrow. Now we're going to head out to Universal Studios Hollywood, where a man wearing an old-timey aviator suit is seen. And we're talking the leather bomber jacket, goggles, leather helmet, the whole bit. And they also hear wild laughter to go along with the sighting. Maybe they were filming a period piece on the back lot. Or maybe it's the spirit of stunt pilot Frank Stites. He was hired to entertain a massive crowd that had gathered for the grand opening of Universal City in 1915. He was to fly over a dummy plane and drop a payload of explosives to the thrill and amazement of the crowds below. Well, something went wrong and Frank either leaped or was thrown from the plane and he plummeted to his death from some 60 feet in the air. Each year since the ghost was first spotted, the creative team pays homage to the departed pilot by placing a replica of him dressed in a full of the turn of the last century aeronautical costume in one of its Halloween Horror Night houses. Ever since this tradition began, Frank hasn't been seen or heard from again. Guess everyone just wants to be remembered. We're gonna wrap up these ghost stories with my very favorite park, Universal Orlando, where the Shrek Theater is now once housed the Alfred Hitchcock Art of Making Movies attraction. Inside were numerous of his set design elements, so this led some to believe that the man himself might still be haunting the theater. Even though Hitchcock's attraction wasn't open until a decade after his death. Team members who now work on Shrek claim that it's the angry ghost of Hitchcock that plays tricks on them. Why is he angry? Well, they replaced the ode to his masterpiece with that of a big green ogre with a Scottish accent. Don't get me wrong though, y'all. I love Shrek. Old Alfred is known to open and shut doors, switch the lights on and off. And the team members have come to learn that greeting Alfred in the morning and bidding him goodnight is the best way to prevent technical delays and other attraction issues. Again, the dead just want a how do you do every once in a while. Our last story is one that happened to pop up on the Universal Orlando Annual Pass Holder Facebook page. Though it was either deleted soon after by the original poster or was taken down by the admin. It takes place in the deep dark recesses of Borgen and Burks, located in Nocturne Alley, which is part of the Diagon Alley area of the park. The original poster shared that a team member told her that many of the different display pieces were purchased at yard sales, estate sales, and antique stores, then either used as is or were spooked up a bit for set value. One such item is a doll, which is reported to change positions within its case. Sometimes it seems that it has moved to better watch the team members working in the dark wizard shop. Within the shop, you'll hear a canary singing away in the vanishing cupboard You'll also hear what might be a bogart in the trunk, or is it Mad-Eye Moody trying to escape? Keep an ear out for those things and keep an eye on your little kids, 
because apparently there is a little girl who is dressed in an old-fashioned dress and loves to play with visiting children, only to disappear when the parents ask who their new friend is. Maybe she came with some of the antiques in the shop. Who knows? Side notes. For real, y'all, do not scatter your loved ones in theme parks. Also, I'd like to add this caveat on the post where I got the two diagonalis ghost stories. A dude commented on every single response about how dumb everyone was for believing in ghosts. My response to him was this. Whether you believe in ghosts or not, the stories about them are fun and entertaining. So I hope y'all found this episode entertaining as well. Oh, and if you are a Potter fan and haven't been to Universal Orlando and Islands of Adventure, y'all get there. It should be a pilgrimage for every wizard-loving muggle out there. And thank y'all for joining us. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple. Share your favorite episode with a friend. Look for the show on Facebook and Instagram where I share pics that relate to each episode. And with that, we'll talk to y'all later on Lore of the South.